I got to stop or I'll keep going. Hallelujah. Let's all go down to the river where we'll find a very familiar story of a man walking on the water. Amen. My Savior, wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. A wonderful Savior is he. He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, when I begin to think about his goodness, all the world needs to know about the goodness of God in this life. If you have your Bibles, I want to share with you for a few moments from the Word of God. Book of Matthew, chapter 23. Matthew, chapter 23. Excited today about his presence and pray that God will speak to your heart and minister to your life in this portion of the service as well. I have found the, the greatest way to get free from the troubles of life is to get into a mode of worship and praise unto the Lord and thanksgiving unto him. It really and truly makes a difference in our life. And I've also found that in order for us to remain focused on our journey, it's necessary. Because uh, so often and so many times, uh, if we're not careful, we'll lose sight of what this thing is all about. And so I want to preach from this thought this morning that God has spoken to my heart and again uh, ask him to hide me behind the cross. In Matthew 23, verse number 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay the tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have neglected the weightier manner, matters of the law, justice and mercy and faith. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Blind guides who strain out at a gnat and swallow a camel. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. I want to preach from this thought this morning and from this text. All for the kingdom. All for the kingdom. Father, we just ask you today that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And Lord, that you would speak the words that every heart and every life needs to hear today. God, that lives would be changed for your wonderful glory by your presence today as we feel you in this house. God, I pray uh, that every power of Satan that would try to hinder lives uh, in this building and on social media today who are tuned in, surrendered to hear a word. Father, I pray those powers of darkness, Lord, would be driven away uh, by the word of God, by your presence in their life today. We'll give you the glory for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. All for the kingdom of God. 
I begin to think about the grand scheme of things in life and when it's all said and done, there's so much that we hold dear and so much that we hold of great value, but in the end, the greatest value that could ever be held is the kingdom purpose in our life. It is the purpose of God being fulfilled in our individual lives and also as a church today. In the midst of that knowledge, I also understand that there is really an enemy that is doing everything he can to work against us as individuals and even the church today to try to squelch or hinder the accomplishing grace of God within our lives. Amen. But How many knows that God is going to be God whether we are obedient or not? Amen. That God himself is going to find a vessel that he can work through that God will find somebody who is willing to surrender their lives. Uh, now, will he find a perfect vessel? No, but he can find a, a vessel who is surrendered and humbled before him and that will allow God to move in their life. And when I begin to read this scripture, uh, I just begin to think about the very condition of what we know to be today scribes and Pharisees and and the very nature of the knowledge of their agenda. Jesus says unto them, woe. Woe is literally a, 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 a being a, in the form of a judgment because of the sorrow and distress that that path will carry you down. Jesus, as he is there in their presence, begins to call them out because how many knows it's important to, to call the enemy out? It's quiet in here today. It's important today to know which path to follow. It's important for us today as Christians to be able to point those that are lost and those that are in need of Christ as Savior down to the right path that they may find salvation, that they may find sanctification, that they may be filled with the Spirit of God and know the Lord in His fullness. How many believe that today? It's important today to point people in the right path. When I begin to think about the Pharisees and the scribes, I think about uh, how many people were, were under the thumb of that, uh, of that arena and under the thumb of that agenda and many who were not able to see the truth and, and not able to come to a knowledge of truth. But Jesus uh, begins to call them out because there's an issue that's going on in their life. They're trying to live according to the law. They're trying to live according to their own power. And, and there's an issue there that is driving them down the wrong path and Christ begins to bring a word of correction to their life. How many would say, God, if I need to be corrected, send me the word? How many would say, God, if you need to straighten me out, send me the word? How many would say, God, it's important that I walk the path that you have called me to and if that means that you gotta shake me up, rebuke me, do what you gotta do to me, do whatever you gotta do by your Holy Spirit, I wanna be in the the right path today. 
I want to be in the path that pleases God. I don't want to be in the path of my own agenda. I don't want to stand in the way of my own self. I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody who needs to come to Jesus. I want to be fixed if I'm broken. I want to be straightened out. God, speak to my heart today. Will somebody just lift your hand and say, Lord, have your way in my life today. Oh, God. He begins to speak unto the Pharisees and he he calls them out to bring the knowledge of truth to light. And he begins to call them into view so that others could see and know that that was the wrong path to follow. Matthew chapter 15 verse 14 said, Jesus called them this. He said they were blind leaders of the blind. He was referring to the Pharisees. They were religious, but they were no good for representation. What does that mean? It simply means that they were, they were not good for the kingdom work, but they sure look religious, Amen. I know this is heavy, but I'm going to go ahead and preach what God's given me. They were not able to posture themselves in a place of representation for God because of their mindset, because of their agenda, because of of how they were were living and and the things that they were doing and and how they were were keeping the people under their thumb and and how they were trying to look so religious and everything else. But, But I'm telling you today, they were not able to be a representation because they were not humble. As Pastor Wood said earlier, they were not surrendered unto the authority of God and to the will of God. Maybe they were raised that way. Jesus said they were taught this way because of men and and maybe this is all they knew but this was still the wrong path and I want to go ahead and tell somebody there's no excuse if somebody was brought up that way. The truth is still powerful and if they hear the truth it has the power to set them free. It doesn't matter where they've come from, what culture they were raised in, what part of the world they came in. I'm telling you the truth will set us free. Amen to God. Thank God that he'll save the rich and he'll save the poor. It's all about the kingdom today. It's not about what church has the most people. It's not about what church is the most beautiful. It's not about what church has the most programs. It's about what church is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, pure and unadulterated, and saying, God, fix me if I stray from the wrong path so that I may carry the words of truth to a lost and dying soul. Thank God a soul is worth more in heaven than our image on earth. I wish somebody would shout amen. Our soul is worth more today than what we look like to other people. Scribes were people who maintained a knowledge of the Jewish law. They interpreted and regulated contracts according to the guidance of the law. And the Pharisees would come along and they would place themselves elevated above common people. They kept the, the religious laws to what they considered perfectly. In other words, they looked like they had it all together, but on the inside they were a mess. On the inside... There was issues. What hinders us today? 
from being all that God wants us to be for the kingdom of God is not the way we look on the outside as much as it is what's happening on the inside. Oh, Jesus, help me. What's happening on the inside is very important because you can look like you're close to God on the outside and on the inside there could be a distant, distant issue. Oh, God, help us to understand this morning that what Jesus was trying to do was to expose a path and an agenda that was detrimental to the kingdom work of God. How many believes that God wants all who will call upon him to be saved today? How many believe today that God wants every color, every race, and every nation who would hear the truth to come to a knowledge of him today? Oh, then we ought to be able to have a conversation about the gospel without interjecting the issues of division in the world. Today. Come on now. Come on, somebody. We, 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 we ought to be able to have a conversation about Jesus being the answer without getting hung up on hang-ups. God, help us to not let ourselves become pharmaceutical in our faith that we would understand our, 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 our call from God to the greater cause of it all for the kingdom purpose of God. God didn't save me to make me somebody. He saved me, amen, to deliver me from hell and allow this vessel to be a tool for him. And if you're sitting out there, dear God, watching the world around you, I'm telling you, whoever God will use, it's not about your image. It's not about your fame and your fortune. It's not about these things. It's about who he is and you being a vessel for him in your life. We want to be, amen, somebody for God. I'd rather be a low servant of God anointed of the Holy Ghost, amen, than have a pharmaceutical spirit in my life. Everything is about the kingdom work of God. One writer said you might be a modern Pharisee, if you judge the scriptures rather than let the scriptures judge you. Amen. How many and oftentimes have we read the scripture trying to find a, a loophole to excuse our sin? I had one, one person tell me one time they was going through divorce and was already, already shacked up with a, with a woman and said, God, God sent this person in my life. He meant to God. And they're trying to find scripture to preach and to justify what they were doing. One preacher messed around. This true story. Mad man got another woman in the church pregnant. They kept going to church, said, well, it's fine. It was God's will. It's all about love. You say, preacher, I don't want to talk about this. This is real stuff that happens today. It's creeped its way into the church. And we can't get into unity because we're bombarded by all the cares of life. 
and we're listening to the lies of Satan that try to convince us somewhere in the scripture there's a loophole that lets me continue to rest comfortably in where I'm at. Let me go and tell you, sin is still sin and God is still God and the blood still covers. The blood is the answer and the antidote for sin. The scripture will not justify it. It won't condone it, but the blood has set you free from it. The scripture will point you to the answer today that will give you hope. I'm telling you, it wasn't because I was raised in church that I'm saved. It wasn't because I went to Sunday school that I'm saved. It might have been a small portion, but it pointed me. It was when I met Jesus at the cross of Calvary. He set me free. And because he set me free, I have the I have the spirit of God in my heart whereby I cry, Abba, Father. I wasn't raised to be a Christian by man's power. I was born by the spirit of God into the kingdom of God. We're living in a world today where people will use a scripture to try to judge. You know how difficult it is when people won't even listen to the preached word of God anymore in application? Many people won't. They're looking for the goosebump only. They want to see a move of God spiritually only. That's all I want. But God's trying to put you in posture. To experience his fullness. And many times today, people are more critical of the word than they are embracing it. Because if the word convicts me, then I don't want it. There's people lost and on their way to hell that are depending on the church to be real with themselves and real with God so that God can do a work within their life that points them to the right path. And we don't have no time to find loopholes in the scripture. We need to say, God, speak to me, fix me, do whatever you gotta do. If it shakes me, if it rebukes me, amen, do it, do it, do it. Thank God Jesus had the strength and courage to stand up to the Pharisees and say, hey, woe to you Pharisees because you think you got it all together. You're doing those small things. You're paying your times. You're looking religious, but you've left the most important thing out. You've embraced everything that points to you, but you have not embraced the heart of God. And the heart of God is not about you. It's about the cross. It's about Jesus. Jesus, it's about souls for the souls for the kingdom of God. The heart of God is about justice, mercy, and faith. That's what Jesus said. The weightier matters. I don't know about you, but I could use some justice in my life. I can use some mercy in my life. I can use 
greater faith in my life. I can use it on a daily basis. But let me go ahead and tell you that somebody out there that's lost and undone without God and they don't need to be treated by the church as they don't matter or as they're not good enough or as they are beneath the standards of who we are. Come on, somebody. They need, they, we don't need to take the pharmaceutical position in all this. We need to be the church, amen, that knows how to embrace just because there's some law people that need justice mercy and faith in their life. They don't need to be beat down, kicked down by a bunch of folk who have reached a place in their life where they're not willing to let God's word change them. Preacher, you're preaching hard again. I'm telling you I'm ready for a revival so mighty that it will turn this world upside down. But if it's going to happen, the church has to get right where it needs to be first. Change is coming. Change is coming. Amen. Change is necessary. Oh, goodness. Don't make me say it. You ever had one of them moments where the Lord just spoke something to your heart and you said, Lord, don't make me say it. I don't know about you, but if I got a cancer in my body, I need to get it out. Because until that cancer, it needs to be treated. It needs to be removed. Y'all with me? Y'all ain't, ain't mad with me here. Because when that cancer continues to fester, Infest. Do you know the Pharisees were a cancer to the work of, to the ministry of God and who he was and his fullness? And churches everywhere that, that have dealt with it, didn't know how to deal with it, didn't know what to do. Because rebellion has taken a, 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 front, a front seat or driver's seat to humility anymore. And if there's cancer in that body, it's got to come out. Otherwise, uh, it will spread and it will destroy and it will eat away and it will, let's say, my goodness, somebody. We got to get it out. And change is necessary sometimes for that to come out. But I like to let God have his way because he knows how to get it out. And if I try to get it out, it might spread. But if God gets it out, he'll complete a work and change is coming. Because how many knows the change God likes to bring is a change that'll bring you to your knees, prostrate before him in a place of repentance. This is where God wants his people to respond to him. I gotta got hurry, I gotta hurry. See, because we're dealing with the nature today of a pharmaceutical problem that has kept us many times and oftentimes from seeing the full view. Oh, one the same writer said, you, you, uh, you work harder at looking good than being good. 
Preacher, this ain't your best day. I'm just a vessel. Work hard at looking good than you do at being good. More pain is inflicted upon church and upon people because they don't have the right attitude. Amen. I'm just going to go ahead and dig deep. Church ought to be a place where brothers and sisters love one another, find grace, snide remarks and comments and everything else through darts from, from their own brothers and sisters in Christ. Junk, pharmaceutical. You know what causes them? Because I'm sure the Pharisees were standing up there. Who do they think they are? Bless God. We keep the law. We do this. We do that. And how many of those folks you think walking by listen to those snide remarks and comments that were made? Amen. Hurting one another in the church ought not be. Exhorting one another is the heart of God. And if you ain't doing right, on up to Don't try to justify it because you think you've done what the Pharisees thought they'd done. Well, we pay our tithes, man. We got it going on. We, we just, uh, we're faithful in all this. But you are missing the heart of God. The weightier matters. You think that you're better than other Christians is what this same writer said. If you feel this way, you may be a Pharisee and that shouldn't offend you. That should bring you to your knees and say, God, I'm a man of unclean lips. My heart needs your touch in my life. Help me, amen. God's not trying to drive you away. He's trying to pull you near and let him change your life. Today we're tied by a commission to one of the greatest causes of Christianity. And that's when Jesus said these words. He said, go into the nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You know what the highest purpose Souls. That's the highest purpose. If that's not the highest purpose, we might as well pack up and go home. That's the highest purpose. Every soul matters. All humanity matters. We as us, as his people, must not allow ourselves to become like the Pharisees or we'll disengage from the kingdom purpose. Amen. Look around and somebody around you and tell me God loves you and you're important to him. You're important to him. You're important that we're going to march today or, or, or walk today with some other folks and, and I pray to God that when we get there that they'll realize how important they are to God. Amen. 
I want them to realize that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Jesus likens their attitude and the illustration of, of straining at gnats and swallowing camels. Why is this? Because simply put, they were doing the little things, but then they were not embracing the more important things. Amen? What is the more important things? That is the whole heart of God. That is the whole heart of God. Likened to the tithing they were doing, the gnat was likened unto the smallest of their religious service. Back then they would filter the wine and they would, as they would, they would try to get the gnat because the gnat was unclean and so was a camel. And they would try to strain those gnats to get them out of there so they wouldn't accidentally ingest any of those things as not to break the law because they were religious. You know, I like them folks that say, well, I've been faithful to God for 50 years. And they think that's bought them a ticket to a high place. I'm going to tell you somebody, if you hadn't served God but one year and you've been saved for a year, you're just, <laughs> come on now. 50 years or one year. I'm thankful to be serving God for a long time in my life. But if you come today, amen, you're just as blessed. They would go through a strain these things because they wanted to make sure that they didn't break the law. They cared about their religious actions. How often do we disconnect from our ability to engage purpose, purposefully in the Great Commission because we know how to judge people, but we don't know how to love them? I know it's kind of quiet in here. Maybe the Lord just wants y'all to let this soak in today. Are we good at judging people? We're good at telling people how wrong they are and how they don't know more than we do. We're good at judging people and, and, and judging the church and judging what we think should be and judging what they ought to be and judging this and judging whether they're qualified and we're good at judging all these things but we're not good at loving because if we love we wouldn't judge judge not lest you be judged you know what I, my, my grandmother used to always tell me that she would quote that scripture it got in my spirit judge not lest you be judged lest a greater sin come upon you amen we're good at judging but we're not as good at loving. God let us reverse that today. We take care of one part, but we leave the other part out. Oh, I said, preacher, I thought you just said we weren't supposed to judge. The Bible said judgment must first begin at the house of God. There is a level of judgment that we're going to make. And believe that. But not to the judge the soul and where they're going to spend eternity and things of those natures. We want to receive grace, but we don't want to give it. Pharisees, they wanted the blessings of God and the favor of God, but they didn't want to include by grace and justice and mercy and faith the people around them. We want to receive mercy, but we don't want to give it. We want to receive forgiveness, but we don't want to give it. We pay our tithes and fail to see humanity through the eyes of God's heart, just like the Pharisees did. 
We can serve in all the right positions and still not be properly postured to be able to attain kingdom purpose. We call out every little thing we see wrong in other people's lives but never see the wrong in our own lives. God help us. I hear old song. I don't know where it come from. Some of you folks that, that come up in that age might know there's old song and I hear just a portion of it says, sweep around, sweep around your front door. I'm hoarse, but it's coming. We want to sweep everybody else's door. But we ain't worried about ours. Our house can be falling apart. But we're going to find something wrong with somebody. We call out all those things. Until we see ourselves, ourselves, in true perspective, we will never look at others through the eyes of God. It'll never happen. Until we see ourselves in true perspective, we will never look at others through the eyes of God. What does that have to do with anything? It disconnects us from the kingdom purpose. Because we're not postured for it. We can become so enthralled in how we look at others that we don't see how we look to God. God, show me every day, Lord, in my life how I look to you. And this is akin to straining at gnats and swallowing the camels. Stand with me if you will. The gnat was the smallest of things and the camel was that which we talked about that has been left out. That which many leave out. The kingdom purpose. Justice is honoring humanity and looking to the needs of every person. Justice is caring about, caring about your neighbor. Caring about their needs. Mercy means having compassion and treating others with kindness. Here the Lord goes again. If you got hatred in your heart toward your church family, if you, if you can't embrace them with love, this is going to be heavy, but it's truth. Then you need to ask God to change your heart. Amen. If you go around talking about your brothers and the pastor and everybody else in here outside the walls of the church, you're not helping the church. You need to ask God to change your heart. If you're taking offense to everything, even the innocent things, you need to ask God to change your heart. Amen. God, change my heart. Why? Because we are not postured for kingdom purpose when we're doing these things. If we go into a meeting in this church with an attitude already against coming into unity, don't go to that meeting. Go to an altar of prayer. If you can't come to that meeting with the right attitude, Go to an altar of prayer. Because a Pharisee will go to a meeting and they're going to stand on what they want rather than be open hard minded to God's will. Don't go. Stay home. 
If you're going to pick apart every little thing somebody does and want to crucify them over it, stay home. Don't come to that meeting. Get to an altar of prayer. Preacher, I don't like you no more. Pharisees didn't like Jesus either. I love you. That's why I'm trying to help you. We need to get postured. We need to get postured. That don't mean I'm perfect. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm not perfect. God knows I'm just by His grace. I make mistakes. But God, let me live so near to you and by your spirit that when I do, that I'm able to come to you and say, hey, I'm sorry. Church, some change is coming. This cancer from the enemy is nothing more than a pharmaceutical spirit that has to be broken and it can only be broken by facing it with truth and facing it individually and being honest with ourselves and letting God have his way. Why is that important? Because souls are more important than our agenda here at this church. Souls are more important. What we do should complement our ability and, and the things that we're able to do to reach the souls, right? But if it starts standing in the way and creating division, then it's got to be broken. It's got to be broken. The camel is what's important that got left out. Don't get caught up on the gnats this morning so much that you miss the kingdom purpose because souls are at stake. I want to speak to somebody maybe watching by social media, maybe you're in this building today, that you did not respond to God because of Christians. And that's your stance. You have literally not given your life to the Lord because you've watched the lives of Christians that have disappointed you. Let me go ahead and tell you, you should never let a Christian's life and their carnal ability to fail you keep you from accepting Christ who is perfect in the gospel, in love, in faithfulness. Man can't save you. Man can't save you. I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing that some Christian churchgoer hurt your feelings. But Jesus didn't do it. He didn't do it. Don't fault him. He loves you. He loves you so much he gave his life for you. He wants to begin an eternal relationship with you today. For those of you who may have been straining at gnats and swallowing camels, don't choke your ability to be able to make a kingdom connection with those who are lost. I want to exhort the church today. I know it's a hard message, but I want to exhort the church today to know this, that our going forward Our going forward cannot be as it was in yesterday. Amen? It can't be that way. 
change has to happen. What change are you talking about? The heart. I don't even, even as your pastor, I don't want to go into tomorrow without God changing me. I want him to change me. How many want God to change you? How many knows that souls are at stake? Our children, our grandchildren, our communities, they're at stake. I want God to change me. I can't go on being the same one I was yesterday. Lord, help me. Help me. What does that mean, preacher? I don't understand where you go with this. This is where I'm going. The Bible said that it would be better for a millstone to be tied around our neck and we cast into the sea and become a stumbling block. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I want to be a stepping stone. I don't care if they step all over me as long as it gets them to the cross. To the cross. All these things that we value can hold no comparison to the kingdom work of God. I'm satisfied with a cottage below, a little bit of silver and a little bit of gold. But in that mansion where the ransom will shine, I want to go on the silver line. That's where I'm headed. That's where I'm headed. And I'm going to dig deep. How many is going to dig deep with me? I'm going to stir it up. I'm going to dig deep. I'm going to let the Lord lead me. And I'm going to love while I'm doing it all. But don't mistake weakness, meekness for weakness. Even Jesus loved the Pharisees, but he had to speak to the error. God help us to get things in order in our life. God change me. God, I love you today. Lord, I preach what you've given me. Lord, I, I, I pray that you would allow it to quicken our hearts and touch our lives and posture our church. Posture us individually that we would be able to accomplish the kingdom purpose of God. God, we, we've got so many today that are on their way to hell. Lord, help us to realize not just to do the little things and think we've arrived, but to embrace the heart of God. Lord, we'll praise you for it forevermore. If you're out there right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're out there right now and you feel a, an overwhelming need to come and kneel before God and say, God, change my heart, and you want to do that, you come on. If you need prayer, you've got a physical need, come on. 
Come on, these altars are open. It doesn't matter what your circumstance. Jesus is the answer. We love you. I'm not going to prolong it any longer. Praying for you, praying for the church and our community that God would have his way. And God's word today will change us for his glory. In Jesus' name. Ask Bishop, if he will, to dismiss us in prayer. And as he does...